Hi there. Welcome back to 45 Not Out, the podcast for sassy career women aged 45 and above who really haven't finished with their career just yet. Thank you very much. This episode, episode four, I talked to Viv Parry. Viv, based in Manchester, she's known on the business circuit as a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, a financial growth coach, leadership coach, and basically all round good egg. Viv talks to me about her career to date, how she got where she is, what it took, and how she handled stumbles along the way. The episode is just over 36 minutes long, but I'd recommend listening through to the end. Viv at the end here very bravely reveals, reveals a particularly challenging and potentially destroying time in her life. She tells me about the catalyst that made her dig deep to turn the situation around and using her own inimitable personal philosophy. If I may just add a rider to the episode, this has been recorded during coronavirus lockdown. So instead of the face-to-face interview that I usually record, that I usually use to record, it was done over the internet. So if you could kindly bear with us for any sound quality, that would be great. But apart from all that, here's Viv. Here's her inspiration. Enjoy. This week, I've got a lady, Viv Parry, another northerner. Um, but Viv, it's, she's agreed to do the podcast. I'm absolutely delighted. And I think, Viv, if I may, I'll leave it to you to explain exactly what you do, who you are and what you'd like to see. Over to you, Viv. Hi, Una. Thank you so much for inviting me on the podcast. It's it's actually lovely to be sitting this side. I've just um, recently <laughs> launched my own podcast series, so it's actually quite relaxing to be the person <laughs> asked questions of so um we'll come back to your podcast if we may Viv at the end if that's all right no worries. no worries um yeah so I am a chartered accountant I'm a business owner I'm mother to three strong independent women um and I do well what we've all been doing I guess in the last few weeks is very different from what we're we're used to doing um but I've been really focused um, since the, the outbreak of kind of trying to help businesses in my network and help them access um, the funding support and also help them to focus on the future as well. Because I've kind of been saying, yes, we're in crisis, but once we've put measures in place like furloughing staff and accessing funding, we then need to shift our attention and probably focus 70% of our energy on what are we going to do and how are we going to get back so that we've got a thriving business when we come out of it. So instead of just staring at the crisis and getting brain blocked by that, really starting to look forward and you know my my natural optimistic character helps me to do that I guess because I think some people have a sense of we're never going to get out of this situation um but that's not true it's not forever is it no no that message though Viv just from a um client point of view I mean do clients take it on board or do you have a bit of a job trying to help them to sort of see next six to 12 months or maybe even three to six months 
it's it's a mixture really you know it's and it's kind of it depends very much on the personality of those people that i'm working with but i tend to work with ambitious business owners anyway um that's kind of where my personality fit works because i go in as as an advisor specifically on the financial side but i will i will generally end up working with people who are entrepreneurial and ambitious uh, therefore they've probably got that mindset anyway or at least one member of the board has got that mindset so sometimes if it's a mixed board you kind of have to i have to resort to some of my uh, coaching skills rather than just be the the natural bulldozer and try and get get what i think is the right thing through so yeah it's a mixture but more often it's the entrepreneurial type because i think those people tend to have more resilience anyway and probably will be the ones who will thrive more through through this current situation. Sure, sure. I can imagine the work that you do, not only is it financially rewarding, I would imagine it's rewarding on many other levels as well um, in, in terms of seeing people succeed, um a self of um not gratification but maybe satisfaction you know that you've helped somebody achieve their goals and all the rest of it we'll come back to that if i may but my burning question would be at this stage so beautiful business model very rewarding how on earth did you get there (laughs) (laughs) it's uh, that's hilarious because actually if you look at my cv now it looks as though i've had a master plan from the the time I left school, which is about as far from the truth as anything could possibly be. So I think think in the context of what what this podcast is for and what the audience potentially want from it, my, my message, I guess, would be is how I survived and thrived is by just being adaptable and by saying, okay, well, circumstances happen and your situation changes, but instead of hankering after the previous situation, just look forward and work out how you can adapt and what strengths and skills you've got that can be of value in the current situation. Um, I mean, I've been I've been working in my current business format now for five years. It's a business called Be Amazing, and I am I'm driven and motivated by inspiring and enabling people. Um, but generally in the in a business world rather than you know it's not kind of life coaching or anything like that it's definitely coaching business owners and helping them to create awesome businesses and awesome businesses that will employ other people and enable other people so it's very very much people focused um which sounds a bit of a contradiction given my finance background but it's actually not all, all that finance does is enables you to get into a business and it gives you a particular window into that business from the financial statements, which then helps you uncover some of the systems and processes that might be going wrong. And invariably, there's a person in that system and process. So ultimately, it ends up being working with people and helping people to, to do better and greater things. And that's that's kind of what really, really motivates me. Um, it's not the most financially rewarding career, but I've kind of I've adjusted my life so that that doesn't matter. I'm very much about working with purpose 
and that's that's what really drives me i like to wake up in the morning and think right i'm doing i'm doing some great stuff today like for example today i'm doing this podcast and then this afternoon i'm doing a guest lecture on behalf of st andrews university oh wow yeah um so what should have actually happened is last night i should have gone up to st andrews and then this morning i would have been walking on that beautiful beach which is the one that they use for chariots of fire remember that one oh in today's weather as well just listeners we, we it's uh where are we uh what date are we today 16th 16th of april middle of the coronavirus but we've got a gorgeously beautiful day it and is. Viv's been cheated out of a gorgeous stroll <laughs> along the <laughs> North Scottish coast. Yeah, it is It is absolutely stunning up there. I mean, I was lucky enough to get up there last year and then the professor asked me if I would still do the same session, but we're doing it virtually. Um, so I'm going to be, the students, there's seven groups of students who are all going to be pitching a business idea to me and I've got to assess those business ideas and give them some feedback. Um, and that, that kind of thing fills me with joy because I think, well, if I can use my skills and my experiences and, and help other people achieve great things, then that's that's a massive tick for me. Right, yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. I mean, not just obviously you're doing it because of your business and finance experience, but I would imagine the personal sense of satisfaction that something like that brings would be amazing. Yeah, completely. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we're all um, locked in our environments to a greater or lesser extent right now, aren't we? And I think the, the ability to reach more people yeah. and, and, and impact more people is incredibly yeah. powerful, even, even more so now than it's, yeah. it's ever been, I think. Do you th- do you think that I mean this is going off tack a little bit? Do you but do you, I mean however we, at this point we don't know how long the lockdown is going to last. We don't know what the outcome is going to be with the coronavirus. We don't know how badly the economy is going to be affected. But do you think on a not altruistic but sort of on a more social side of things, do you think the world's going to be a better place after all this? I've I've been talking to loads of people about this. I really really hope that it is because I think what we'll do I mean I had um, one of the businesses that I'm working for is a manufacturing company and I'm their finance director and for the last three weeks we've had a daily board meeting because I think that's that's the right way of managing a business right now because things change on a daily basis so you really need to be making sure you you're making decisions and not just floating into situations Um, so I, I think we've what we've basically said is, right, we want to start the business. So we will be closed for a period of time. We're currently working, but with reduced capacity, um, half the staff are furloughed. And what we d- agreed yesterday was that we were going to go complete blank page with systems and processes rather than saying, right, OK, when we come back, we'll just carry on and do exactly what we were doing before. No, we won't. In the period when we're shut, we will start with a blank page and say, what is the best way to manage this business? And that's what we'll implement from, from the start because it's, an, it's, it's been going over 20 years. But the, the natural default position is to try and go, okay, well, we'll shut and then we'll start up again and we'll just do things exactly yeah. the same way we're doing them before. And we're just not going to do that. This is a great opportunity to reset and become more streamlined 
um, and just kind of have a diff. I mean, that the, the reason I've talked about this now in response to your question is the need for us to be more engaged as a board and, and make decisions. And that, that increased conversation, communication, I really hope will stay in place yeah. when we come out of the other end. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As I say, we're in the middle of the horror and loss. We don't know which way it's going to go, but fabulous sentiments there, Viv. Thank you. If, if I could just sort of, as I say, fantastic position to be in, bit of a leader, if I may say, bit of an icon, certainly in Manchester, bit, bit, of, <laughs> bit of an icon. Even with my new, uh, my new hair that I'm rocking. <laughs> I, I haven't had a haircut for over a month and now I've had to resort to tying it up in a way that I would probably wear it when I was on a beach somewhere. But hey, that's where I am in my mind, so fine. <laughs> Just obviously, there's there's been a career path there, and you said like if you look at your CV, it would it looked as though you've planned it, and and that probably hasn't been the case. But no, no career path is linear, and you know, sort of we all come across our challenges and maybe horror stories, if if I may say that. Has there been any time when you've sort of had to battle against maybe a little bit of ageism along the way, maybe a bit of misogyny? Because I would imagine accountancy is quite a male-dominated environment. Yeah, it it is. Um, but I never... I mean, it's only now when I talk about it that I actually consider what my response to it was, um, if that kind of tells you something. And it's funny about... A year ago, I happened to meet somebody at a networking event who was on the same degree course as me. And I, did, I didn't remember her. And she said, oh, I really remember you because there were only three women on our course, weren't there? And I went, were there? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was completely unaware of that. So, you know, I'd gone on to that degree course. I dropped out a bit at school, so at sixth form. So I was really, having got myself back together and got on the degree course, which was an accountancy course, I was really committed and motivated to just getting the best possible degree I could get on that course. Who who else was present in the room was kind of irrelevant. <laughs> and, and I think that's kind of how, <clears throat> excuse me, how I've tried to conduct my career. But, and, and certainly the role model that I've given to my daughters is that you know if you spend time sort of saying oh well I can't do this because people don't expect me to do this or it's not what people normally do then you've, you've already filled your head with loads of self-limiting beliefs if you decide what you want to do and go after it then you know you may well get it and I know there are genuine barriers but I, I've never really allowed those to colour my thinking so when I when I graduated from my degree course <clears throat> I actually got the first first on the course which I was dead chuffed about congratulations um, thank you it's a long time ago I should have got over <laughs> that by now um I applied to all of the big accountancy firms and a lot of them wouldn't take me at that time because I got really rubbish A-levels um, and I, I, I was so disappointed but what I did I trained with a small firm and then I applied to one of the larger firms so I ended up working for PwC 
so i think i think the other message there is you know you may not be able to get what you want right at that time but if you're determined enough you will get it in due course yeah i i agree with that um that, that, that's fine but do you not think that that, that that's great but that that takes a lot of self-belief i think um what what do you think the importance is of surrounding yourself with people who can um, sort of enhance that self-belief? I mean, it sounds as though you you're in the lucky position where you have that naturally. Um... No, I don't. I don't think I have. You know, because I remember um, when I got one of my rejections from one of the the big accountancy firms. I can I can actually picture the scene now as there with my parents, and it came by letter as those things did then. And my dad just said to me, oh, you shouldn't be disappointed because you're batting for the big league. And I just went, but that's where I want to be. Yeah. So, so I am disappointed and I've never, you know, yeah, my parents didn't push me, but the way I was brought up was not in a way that you came bouncing out full of confidence and self-love mm. and self-belief, not sure. by, by any stretch. I think what I did was always focus on the skills that I had and try and make best use of those skills. Um, and yeah, it, it did all get better once I got more like-minded people around me. But I certainly, I didn't grow up in a kind of world where um, entrepreneurialism was talked about or female careers were massively on the agenda. Um, so I don't really know where it comes from is the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> but just and, and you mentioned sort of um, with your daughters, Viv, I mean, I would mm. imagine I'm mother of girls as well. But I would imagine I mean, one of the things as my two have got older, I, I've realised that very subliminally um, my daughters have picked up probably a bit of my mindset. So I would imagine with you you like you said you've got three strong independent daughters do, do, do you think what do you think they've picked up from you um i i guess the the power of being yourself and being proud of who you are um because as a, as they were each born and i'm sure you'll have experienced this as well you know, I had I had the first one and then 20 months later I had the second one and I thought after the first one I thought yeah I've got this nailed I know what I'm doing here you know and then the second one came along and of course she was completely different and had different motivators you know different stresses so what I needed to do for her was completely different from what I needed to do for the eldest coupled with which you've then got a dynamic of the pair of them and the eldest one hated her sister to start with she doesn't she didn't understand Aww. you know I, she, I remember vividly when we came home from hospital and I started oh, this is you this is your new sister and she just looked at her and she went what have you got that for oh because in in her head she thought we'd got everything because we'd got her right and Aww. you know that's kind of I've used the lessons that I've learned when when I've been bringing the children up. I've used loads of those when I've been working with businesses because essentially, as a family, we were a team, and I had to lead that team, and I had to enable each of them 
to be the person they were and get the best out of themselves, not expect them, you know, I hate that expression, mini me. I don't want my children to be like me. You know, I want them to be like themselves and be the best version of themselves they can be. And I guess I've uh, that's what I've tried to role model really, is that there are opportunities out there and if you work hard, you'll 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 benefit from them. Um, yeah. But equally, not necessarily expecting them to follow in my path. I mean, it's funny. My I said something to my youngest daughter, who's in lockdown with me right now, poor soul. Um, <laughs> and she said, I, "I it was something about careers and what you might do." And she said to me, "No, that's that's what you want to believe." So, so I've been challenged. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that it's fair comment. You know, I, I, yeah. don't, I don't know what each of them absolutely wants and needs and do they want to do the same things that I've done? That's for them to decide, isn't it? But all, all I've tried to role model is that thing of be the best you can possibly be, um, you know, and, and nothing, nothing comes to be free, does it? No, 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 absolutely not. So your daughters are in the workforce now, are they? Have they sort of carving their paths? They are. My eldest is a copywriter for a cybersecurity company. She's over this side of the country. Um, she's in just lives just outside Manchester. My middle daughter lives in Leeds, and she's now a qualified chartered accountant. She's kind of <laughs> followed my career path. Um, and my youngest, she is currently furloughed and she works for a travel company, Secret Escapes. Ah. So there's a mix there. Absolutely. <laughs> but like, like you say, it sounds as though you've instilled in your daughters that to find their path and go with it, find out where they're happy and to go with it. Yeah. As you say, very diverse, very diverse careers with, with your daughters. Is there anything that you'd like to see in the workplace for them that hasn't been or wasn't in the workplace for you? I Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing that can happen, and I hope it is gradually happening, is that there aren't careers that require, you know, for a couple that require one person to totally sacrifice their career because that, that one career is so big. Um you know, particularly like in the professions where partners have other halves who support them and sort of deal with all the domestic stuff while they plough on with a career. I, I really hope that we take, that we get to a more balanced place and, and maybe what's happening now during the, during the lockdown will enable more people to see you know, I know lots of people have been saying how they now really respect teachers in a way that they didn't do before because they understand yes. the jobs they've been doing. And I think the whole parenting during lockdown will perhaps give some people a new understanding of, of what it actually means to be a parent and how yes. challenging that can be. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's kind of my hope for them. I mean, I know that they will they will do what they want to do and, you know, they've they've had partners who my eldest has a partner who's very very supportive of her career and I don't think there's any expectation that she wouldn't pursue her career what will happen when she has children I've, I've no idea but um I, I just hope that that you know that society now is 
is operating in a completely different way from how it was operating before and the things that are important right now as in healthcare and the food chain uh, they are all manned by people who are not paid the highest yes salaries so what what's that all about should we should really be you know and who cares what share prices are right now what difference does it actually make so i think you know hopefully i think you asked the question earlier hopefully we'll come out of this with a different set of priorities and a different kind of respect framework for the mm -hmm. things that matter totally for, for society to function well totally totally agree with you on that like i said it, go back to my question a bit earlier on is these changes that we're experiencing now his his hoping that those values will continue when when we get back to normal yeah yeah i mean i hope we'll come out and we'll all be a little bit more compassionate and a little yes. less driven for for stuff that you know really doesn't matter yeah absolutely absolutely fantastic sentiment right just thinking about who we've got listening here I'm hoping that there will be some women out there who would probably love to be in your shoes. Possibly haven't got the experience, loads of potential. Yeah. What advice would you give them? Um, I think maybe to, and, and I guess I, I'll draw on what I normally say to my daughters, um, is to kind of try and keep your time scales in the in the near future rather than sort of like where do I want to be in 30 years time because using my experience who knew where I would have ended up when you know after I graduated I had no idea I tended to just go right well I've got a qualification now this is the thing I should do now um, because you know again now more than ever who knows what's on the horizon yeah. So I, th I think if you if you try and plan for a couple, you know, two or three years hence with with a rough idea of where you might like to be further down the line, but not not to get too hidebound in, in blocking your potential by saying, oh, well, I need to do this, this and this. And in 10 years time, I'll be doing this, because if you're not careful, you then you're just ticking things off and not living in the moment yeah. and enjoying what you're doing right there you know when i i can still remember my days working for the the accountancy firms and i loved the work that i did then because i went out to lots of different businesses we were doing this is going to sound really weird but i worked in audit and i loved it <laughs> okay um but that actually furnished me with skills that i can use now because essentially that's what i'm doing now when i go into a business to advise them i'm kind of doing a mini audit but then I'm right. staying, staying with them to help them implement the changes that will help them build a better business. Um, but, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't focused in that time. I was just focused on the job that I was doing and doing it to the best of my ability, not kind of thinking, oh, well, I might be a partner in 10 years' time. Won't that be great? And think about all the things that I could have then. I was just enjoying the work that I was doing right there and then. Fabulous mindset, that Viv. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, th I think certainly 
when I went out into the workplace, and I, and I would imagine it happens to graduates today, sort of they're going out and, and they're probably encouraged to make five and ten year plans. So your way of doing it, Viv, I mean, two to three years, there's always bumps in the road and spanners get thrown, isn't there? So yeah. you might have this fabulous trajectory, like you say, partner in 10 years time to say a new graduate entrant into say PwC or something like that but you and I both know that that you know so it's not going to be linear like that and there will be curveballs and stuff along the way so yeah I that is a fabulous well there's um, there's, there's also life as well isn't there you know there's there's human relationships that you want to nurture during those times as well so it's kind of you know, I'm not by any stretch of the imagination saying don't don't have a goal, but I'm just saying don't don't get so fixated on that goal that you can't actually see opportunities that might present in the meantime. Yes, yes, totally. Fantastic, fantastic. I, I'm, I'm with you all the way on that. Now, I always ask every guest this, and it is totally cheesy, but I'm ashamed to say I really enjoy it. If you could go back to you on the threshold of your career, maybe just graduated. Yeah. It sounds like you don't have a lot of regrets there, Viv, from what you've been saying, but not not so much regrets, but, you know, sort of you're quite happy with the path that your career took. But if you could go back and give yourself some advice, what, what advice would you give yourself? Um just to have a little bit more confidence in who who I was and the skills that I had yeah um because I don't I you're right I don't regret I I like the place I'm in now and it's I haven't got to it without having a few knocks and being battered about um but I like the place I'm in now um I guess I just wish that throughout I would I probably wouldn't have made the mistakes that I've made had I had more personal confidence yeah yeah but that that possibly although it's probably maybe horrendous at the time and difficult to live through but it does sort of shave off the square edges doesn't it it makes you make maybe more of a whole person yeah I think so but sometimes the the knocks can be so hard that you kind of think blimey you know, I I can I can talk about my exit from my own business if you want at this point because that's kind of quite quite an emotional. Thing. If, if you're willing to, Viv, if you're willing to. Yeah. So what happened was I I came out of the professions because guess what I didn't want to be a partner. Then then took a career break and brought my children up. I didn't work during that time so that was 11 years out of the career that I tried to get back into a career which as you can imagine was pretty challenging at the same point in time um, my husband said to me um, that's fine meaning that's fine if you go back to work but nothing changes for me oh that's another story so that's why he's my ex-husband anyway then um I then eventually a couple of years after I got back into work I bought a business out of liquidation it was um a bakery business and I was kind of sole MD and sole shareholder when I bought it it was turning over about 100k when I exited 11 years later I've no idea what my 11 year fixation is but I seem to have one um I exited 11 years later, it was turning over just shy of 1.7 million. 
Wow. Um, and I'd done that, you know, whilst being single mum to my, my children. Two years into the business, my ex-husband died from cancer. Oh, so I'd got a brand new business four broken hearts and we kind of had to had to plow on um so that was kind of quite quite a big journey to go on absolutely um, absolutely but then I realized and this is in 2014 I realized that in order to take the business kind of to its next natural place I needed help um at a board level really there was there was still o- only me um, and I brought investors in and I didn't do it in a very graceful way, um, which culminated in me resigning from my own business. Oh, gosh. Which, if you can imagine, <laughs> having gone through everything that I'd gone through, yes. to then be at the point, I actually took a month off with stress before I resigned. And I'm not, I'm not a person who entertains that kind of thing normally. But I was just, I, I was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do, so I just went to the doctors and she said, well, I can sign you off with stress if you want. Um, so I did that and then went back and resigned. Um, and that was one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had in my whole life and really, really, really hard to come out of because at this point, I'm in my early 50s. You know, I wasn't expecting to be having to make the kind of decisions I was having to make. I wasn't financially stable. I hadn't made a load of money out of the business. Mm. So I was almost like, a, right, I'm, a, I'm in the main startup mode here. Um, and I remember one incident. I was at home and two of my, my youngest two daughters were at home as well. And I just said to them, like, in the middle of the afternoon, probably on a day like this, really nice weather, I just said, I'm going to bed. And they kind of looked at me because this is not normal behavior for their, their mum either. So went up to bed and I could hear this clattering going on in the kitchen. And after about five minutes, the pair of them came up and they brought me some toast with honey on it and a, a giant mug of tea. Toast and honey is like one of my favorite things. Okay. Um, and they, they gave it to me and then they sat at the bottom of my bed just looking at me. Yeah, and I sat looking at them, and I just thought they have no idea what to say right now. Oh. But I knew that they were going to sit there until I, their mum, came back into the room. Oh. And it, it's it was just I can picture it all in my head now, and it was just such an incredible moment. And and I just thought, yeah, I I can't I can't wobble off because there's there's the girls so. I had to really dig in and get myself back together. And it has been, you know, it's been a tough five years to try and build a business in, in at my age. I also tried to get jobs as well um, during that time. I remember my brother saying to me, he was absolutely furious when the whole stuff happened um, with my business. But that didn't help me. You know, somebody else getting angry about a situation doesn't actually help you because you've then got something else to deal yes. with <laughs> yeah adds to it doesn't it yeah, yeah. Uh, and I remember him saying you know well you're a qualified accountant I don't understand why you just don't go and get a job yeah but I'm in my early 50s why is somebody going to choose me over a newly qualified what why would they why would they do that and you know I'm not going to be able to command the salaries that I should be able to command at my age because I've not I've not got that kind of experience Mm. so 
so I did apply for a couple of jobs and I was telling you about one earlier I went to for an FD role with an um, online training company and the guy disc profiled me as part of the interview process and he just said to me I don't get you I don't get you at all he said you you know you're an accountant you're supposed to have a really compliance steady focus profile but you, you you're a high di which is like high dominance and influence mm-hmm. and i said well i've owned my own business i wouldn't i wouldn't have survived if i wasn't no that personality type that that was what what i needed um and i didn't get the job but i think he was potentially a little bit challenged by me mm-hmm. you know that there are two there are definitely two types of accountants there are they sit in the room process the numbers and everything everything matches down to the last penny and then there are people like me who are like this is what you need to do strategically for your business and you know these are the decisions you need to make this is the data you need to inform those decisions uh and i'm i'm definitely the the strategic type but yeah in the in those five years i have dusted myself off so many times it's not true but i i think how you get through that is you have people around you who will give you the confidence you need. I, my daughters have been incredible during this time. Um, have been really, really supportive and given me confidence about who and what what I am and what I can bring to people. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's important that you don't look at people and think, oh wow, they're the finished article. You know, they've got it all. Sometimes people, yeah, yeah, they might look like they have, but you know, we've all got beating hearts and we've all had difficult situations to deal with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Viv Parry, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you for being so inspirational and being so honest and open as well. I'm sure listeners will find that so inspirational. So. Thank you. Thank you again. My sincere thanks for agreeing to take part. No Good luck with this afternoon with the with the um, graduates at St Andrews. Yeah. And bear in mind your older trip to that Scottish beach. I know. I know. Later I'm have, have, it, year. have it in my head. <laughs> I'm sure it will happen. Yeah. I'm sure. Well, if it doesn't, it doesn't, does it? We've got to kind of, you know, accept what we've got right now. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Viv. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Take care. Stay safe. So there you have it. The raw truth from Viv. Uncensored, inspirational and honest. My sincere thanks go to Viv for being brave enough to share her story. It was an absolute pleasure and an honour to speak to her. I hope you you enjoyed hearing the story as much as I did. My thanks also go to you, the listener, for coming back to listen. I hope this beacon of light helps a little in the dark times in which we find ourselves. And my wish is for all my listeners and their loved ones to stay safe, Stay safe, well and strong. Take a special care at this time. God bless.